Humphrey, Samantha and the teams are in Edinburgh for a very special edition of I'm Sorry, I'm De Clue in just a moment. And tomorrow night at this time we'll be bringing you the best stand-up comedy from this year's festival. The comedian Chris Addison, who brought us the recent Radio 4 series The Ape That Got Lucky, will be your host. And there'll be unhinged music from the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain, which, if you haven't heard them, is not to be missed. That's Radio 4 Live tomorrow night at 6.30. For now, here are the masters of sit-down comedy. Present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us today at the Festival Fringe here in Edinburgh, Scotland's fine capital. <laughs> the city was founded by Edwin of Northumbria and was originally known as Edinburgh, but later the W was dropped. Unpopular with the townsfolk, Edwin sailed for Turkey where they dedicated the city of Ankara to him. <laughs> far end of the Royal Mile is Holyrood House and Queen Mary's Bath. History records it's here that Queen Mary bathed up to her waist in fine claret. One courtier who tasted the wine had difficulty describing its flavour, saying there was a hint of something he couldn't put his finger on. <laughs> the famous names associated with Edinburgh include Sir James Young Simpson, who discovered chloroform making his revolutionary presentation to the Royal Surgical Academy, its members were reported to be amazed when Sir James brought in several young volunteer nurses and proceeded to knock one out in front of them. <laughs> Chloroform, of course, became known as a safe and efficient agent to quickly produce a deep state of anesthesia. <laughs> it has now been superseded. Let's meet the team. <laughs> On my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Timbrook Taylor and Ross Noble. And a warm Edinburgh welcome, please, for the lady who loves to score wherever she goes, the ever-delightful Samantha. <laughs> The first round is called Uxbridge English Dictionary and takes its title from the popular and best-selling book of the same name. <laughs> As English is a rich and complex language, it's often difficult to understand the subtle but important differences in meaning between certain terms. For example, many people don't appreciate the difference between a napkin and a serviette. Well, those of us who benefited from a private education know that a napkin is a square piece of cloth or paper that's used to wipe the mouth or protect the clothes when eating whereas a serviette was a bloke from communist Russia. <laughs> However, meanings are constantly shifting, and I'd like the teams to share with us any new definitions they may have spotted recently. Barry, would you care to start, please? Polaroids. Unpleasant ailment in Arctic conditions. <laughs> Routine, an adolescent kangaroo. 
gyroscope, a device for locating dole money. <laughs> Ross, arsenic to steal buttocks. <laughs> can can, couple of tins. <laughs> Two can, couple of tins. <laughs> tin tin. Famous cartoon character. <laughs> Disillusion to slag off the work of Paul Daniels. <laughs> Missive. Certificate for very big. Massive. Good night. Common or garden. A choice between Barry and Graham. <laughs> Missive, certificate for very big. <laughs> You're probably better if you did it in the accent, Barry. I know, I guess. <laughs> Mayfly, BA flight. Impolite, a flaming goblin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Philharmonic to feed the Queen. <laughs> OK, I'll ask the teams to sing for us now. Fool that I am. In the round called One Song to the Tune of Another. The principle of One Song to the Tune of Another is very much like washing socks. Dunking them in soapy water and giving them a good scrub freshens them up and provides them with a new lease of life, just as tunes are revitalised by new words. But I hear you thinking, teams, won't the song sheets become soggy and liable to fall apart? <laughs> well, there is a traditional machine we could use to squeeze them dry, but why bother when we've got Colin Sell to mangle our <laughs> tunes for us? Okay, we'll, okay, we'll start with you, Tim. Would you please sing the words of the funky gibbon oh, to, the tune of to the tune of Beethoven's Ode to Joy? <laughs> Weather goodies, how do you do? We've just been down to the zoo. We saw a monkey in a cage doing a dance that could be the rage. It's not bad, so let's all do the funky gibbon. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Do, do, do the funky gibbon. We are here to show you how. You now, Ross, would you please sing the words of Sometimes When We Touch to the tune of Scotland the Brave? <laughs> Ask me if I love you and I choke on my reply I'd rather hurt you honestly than mislead you with a lie And who am I to judge you on what you say and do I'm only just beginning to say the real you <laughs> And sometimes when we touch the oil on 
honesty's too much. I have to close my eyes and hide. I want to hold you till I die until we both break down and cry. I want to hold you till my fear subsides. Okay, Barry, would you sing the words of Bob the Builder to the tune of The Girl from Ipanema? But of course. Bob the Builder, can we fix it? Bob the Builder, yes we can. Scoop, muck and dizzy and rolly too. <laughs> Lofty and Wendy join the crew. Bob and the gang have so much fun. Working together they get the job done. Builder, can we fix it? <laughs> the builder, yes, we can. Bob the builder, can we fix it? Bob the builder, yes, we can. Time to get busy, such a lot to do building and fixing till it's good as new Bob and the gang they can really be found working all day till the sun goes down Bob the Builder can we fix it Bob the Builder yes we can And finally, Graham, would you please sing the words of the theme to Jim will fix it to the tune of We'll Gather Lilacs. <laughs> Your letter was only the start of it One letter and now you're a part of it Now you've done it Jim has fixed it for you And you and you And you There must be something That you want to do The one thing that you've always wanted to Now you've done it Jim has fixed it for you Not bad. <laughs> okay, we move on now to the round called Sound Charades, and this will be a humdinger, or my name's not Pippa Greenwood. <laughs> Listeners may not be aware that Sound Charades was developed from the old TV show called Give Us a Clue, in which teams mimed the titles of films. The show's virtuoso was without doubt Lionel Blair, but even he had his off days. His teammates recall their apprehension during one close-run contest when, in the dying minutes, Lionel was given free willy by Michael Astor. <laughs> of course, he blew it. <laughs> T 
Kim Ross, you're to start, please, and your title will shortly be displayed to the audience via the laser display screen. And here's the mystery voice for listeners at home. Coogan's Bluff. Coogan's Bluff. It's uh, two words. <laughs> yes. And it's a film. Okay. Aha! Steve, I'm pregnant. Really? Only joking. <laughs> The Partridge family. That's three words. Ah. <laughs> Two words, Partridge. Is it Alan? No. Is it Coogan? Is it Coogan? <laughs> ah. All Coogan's together now. Bluff. Coogan's yeah. Bluff. Yeah. Right, your turn, Barry and Graham. Your title is now being exhibited on the laser display board, and here again is the mystery voice for listeners at home. Braveheart. Braveheart. It's a film, Carry and on. it's one word. Right. Dougal. Uh, <laughs> time's up. Aha! Yes, you'll, uh, you'll have had your tea. Um, now then, let's away for our stroll up the brae. I'm with you, old friend. Good, good. Oh, God, Hamish, is that you? Tell me it wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm afraid so. Oh, no. Always seems to strike me going uphill. Always on the hillside. Oh, you wait here till the air clears. I'll go. I'll away up ahead. Well, goodbye for now. Goodbye for some time, I think. Gone with the wind. So close. It hasn't got brain and fart in it. Great fart. Okay, this next round is all about totally misleading advice, and it's well worth waiting for. <laughs> Get the idea? The team's task here is to become tour guides for international visitors with a massive, missive, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> with a massive growth in cheap air travel. Flying is no longer the preserve of the well-heeled genteel classes. I saw a rough type on a British Airways flight recently who'd so overdone the duty-free he could hardly stand up. In fact, it's a wonder he could fly the plane at all. <laughs> what gave it away was when he got on the intercom and announced, this is your best mate speaking. With the hordes of foreign tourists flocking to Edinburgh at this time of year, the teams thought it might be fun to provide a misleading festival guide. You can start us off, please, Graham. If a bizarrely dressed stranger accosts you with a handful of flyers for a show, it is your duty to carry out a citizen's arrest. <laughs> Tim, going on to London after the festival, remember to stock up with banknotes. London cabbies just love them. <laughs> Policemen are addressed as tip-face. <laughs> Ross. Remember, when chatting up local ladies to use the old Gaelic word for beauty pronounced minger. 
The big issue is free. <laughs> At the tattoo, be sure to bring your own gun. Hecklers are more than welcome at John Burt's McTaggart Lecture. <laughs> Visit our parks. These swans are delicious. It's only a short cab ride out to Edinburgh's famous Gatwick Airport. <laughs> if taken ill suddenly, please remember all churches have a box marked for the sick. Late-night walking tours of Leith are very popular and the guides are often found standing on street corners. <laughs> Audience participation. When the signets come on in Swan Lake, be the first to join the end of the conga line. <laughs> Our next game was inspired by TV's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And that's inspired in the sense of Alibaba and the 40 Inspirers. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the program, but I expect, like me, you occasionally find yourself shouting idiot at the screen and wondering how on earth such a witless imbecile managed to get on the show. <laughs> then he introduces the contestants. <laughs> Our version of the contest is slightly different from the original in that there are no multiple-choice questions, and this quiz is all about hats. So, teams, let's play Who Wants to Be a Milliner? Okay, Tim, the first question goes to you. Who is the odd one out? Winston Churchill, Fred Astaire, Henry Ford, and Abraham Lincoln? Oh, um... <laughs> <laughs> Winston Churchill, I don't think so, maybe, maybe. Um, Fred Astaire, it's possible. Abraham Lincoln, mm, Henry Ford, I don't think it's Henry Ford. Oh, no, I think I've got it. Um, the odd one out is Winston Churchill, because all the others gave their names to uh, modes of transport. There was the Ford Cortina, the Lincoln Continental, and the Fred Astaire lift. <laughs> so well, I'm sorry, Tim. The answer is Henry Ford. His hat size was six and seven eighths, <laughs> and the others were all seven and one eighth. And I have to tell you that these are all true. I don't believe this. Six and seven eighths. Good. That's tiny. That's a schoolboy size. I'm told. <laughs> your, your turn, Barry. Your turn, Barry. It's time for your question. What was the name of James Bond's notorious adversary who could destroy his enemies with his hat? Chuck Berry. <laughs> Is that your final answer? You sure you don't want to think again? It's only easy if you know the answer. I think he got that from Confucius. Are you sure, Barry? <clears throat> yeah, my final answer. Final answer? My final answer. Barry? It's the wrong answer. Oh. Oh. The answer is odd job. Oh. <laughs> 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 
You now, Ross, here's your question. Complete the following limerick. There was an old person of Fratton who went to church with his hat on. With a helmet from the Germans, he listened to sermons. It's a good job the spike wasn't sat on. It's actually, if I wake up, he said, with my hat on my head, I shall know it hasn't been sat on. Which is roughly what you said. <laughs> Finally, Graham. Yeah. I love those words. <laughs> Finally, Graham, here's a question for you. What's a good thing to wear on your head to protect you from radio waves and mind control? Yuri Geller. The answer is a tinfoil hat. Oh, and here's one last question for anyone to have a go at. Complete the following rhyme. If the hat is missing, I've gone fishing. If the hat can't be seen, I've drowned. <laughs> the answer is, I'm on the green. Yes. Our next game takes us back to a golden era of letter writing. In this game, each team will take turns to compose a letter, adding one word each at a time. The opposing team will then construct the reply. Tim and Ross will start by composing a letter from Burke to Hare, and then Barry and Graham will come up with a reply. When I honk my horn, it's the end of the correspondence. Okay, off you go, Tim and Ross. Dear Hare, I would like to offer you some time when we are alone. <laughs> and we are up in the <coughs> attic <laughs> with a chest and a leg. of lamb <laughs> which I find very tasty indeed sometimes I like to go to the graveyard and with a shovel dig a body out of the grave <laughs> which means that you will have to cook some <laughs> legs and some arms and, and some feet and some eyes and some heads and some hair and some little pieces of knees <laughs> which are best served cold <laughs> yours are <laughs> the coldest knees I have ever seen <laughs> all good people <laughs> wish you good day and <laughs> love from Burke well, I don't know what came out of the grave, but I know who dug themselves into it. <laughs> okay, reply. Dear Burke, I received this letter this morning, which 
I will tell you I was utterly disgusted with your sincerely (laughs) (laughs) it's not worth the stamp Uh, with your sincerely (laughs) felt lack of principle considering the time that we have been together in this enterprise nevertheless I would like to point out that we must repeat must (laughs) on no condition reveal to any people other than ourselves therefore (laughs) yours is colder than mine but nevertheless I keep thinking of you fondly every time I open the fridge (laughs) wherein hangs (laughs) tail and antlers (laughs) hooves and fetlocks which I rather think you should come round and examine yourself. Much love, hair. <laughs> well, I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time to squeeze in. Yeah, there's time to squeeze in a round of Scottish Film Club. Samantha has to nip off now. She's off for a spot of salmon fishing with her new Scottish gentleman friend. She says she hasn't fished for a while, but she was tempted when she saw his flies and (laughs) would like to keep her hand in. So, So, teams, while she's away enjoying that, I'd like you please to suggest titles of movies guaranteed to delight an audience of Scots. You can start this one, Ross. Sporans of Arabia. Tim? Scone with the wind. (laughs) Barry? Dundee, bloody Dundee. (laughs) Graham? William Wallace and Gromit. (laughs) In the wrong trues. Dumbarton and Dumbartner. Sex or eyes and videotape. <laughs> Grampian, the Wonder Horse. <laughs> Kilt Bill. <laughs> Meet the Fockabers. Bonnie Prince Charlie and the Shortbread Factory. <laughs> Doctor New <laughs> Bring me the shortbread of Alfredo Garcia <laughs> The unbearable lockness of being <laughs> Natural born cuddlers <laughs> Fear in Midlothian in Las Vegas <laughs> 
So, ladies and gentlemen, as the lone piper of time appears at the gates of dawn, and dawn throws open the window and tells him where to stick his bagpipes, <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So, from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good folk here at the Edinburgh Festival, it's goodbye. Barry Pryor, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Ross Noble were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Middleton with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and the producer was John Naismith. And we'll be back at the Edinburgh Festival tomorrow to bring you the best stand-up comedy. That's Radio 4 Live tomorrow night at 6.30.